I'm Erica Keswin. Welcome to Season 3 of Left to Our Own Devices, a show that explores how to bring our human to work and to life. Because left to our own devices, we're not connecting. Today, my guest is Brian Garish. Brian is the president of Banfield Pet Hospitals, which has over 19,000 associates and over 1,000 hospitals across the country. Brian joined Banfield in 2015 as the COO and became president in 2017. During his time with Banfield, the organization has grown by over 50%. Prior to Banfield, Brian served as an area vice president at CVS, where he was responsible for more than 600 stores, covering 17 states with over 15,000 associates. Brian began his career stocking store shelves at Walgreens. He's never sat in a corner office or followed a traditional trajectory. This unique path has pushed him to think differently. He leads with empathy and always tries to find creative ways to connect with his associates. And you'll hear more about that today in our interview. Brian holds a bachelor's degree in philosophy from Indiana University and is currently enrolled in Wharton's general management program for senior executives. He serves on the boards of nonprofits that include Metropolitan Family Services, Columbia River Economic Development Council, and the Banfield Foundation. He is also a member of the Fortune CEO Initiative and CEO Connection. So Brian, great to see you. How are you doing today? Doing well. I'm great. It's great to see you as well. Good. So I'm so excited. I'm always excited when we chat and learn so much from you as a person and as a leader. You know, this show, this new season is about the hybrid revolution. And, you know, I'd love for you to start off by sharing, you know, what surprised you the most over the last year? Oh, gosh. What surprised me the most was how powerful the human-animal bond has truly been. At Banfield, we have always known how powerful that bond is. But when we were isolating, stuck at home, not traveling, the role that the pet played was even more important now than ever. Mm -hmm. And it really has turned the year 2020 into the year of the pet. And when I think about not being in the office, working from home, my two cats, Ashton and Kenji, the role that they played in my life has never been more important. And so I've always knew how strong the human-animal bond was, but it's really surprised me how strong it was. And of course, in our survey, we saw how important it was with nearly 11 million households adopting a pet last year. That need for companionship has never been more important. And the role that pets played in our lives has been pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, look, I agree. You know, you and I met a couple of years ago. You visited me in person in my office. We have a picture. Yes. And my, you met my dog, Cruiser. And I don't know. It was so great. And he's the best. I'm actually <laughs> taping this podcast today from my closet. So he's not. Usually he is here with me, but we have, we have some work being done. So I'm hiding away down here. And I don't know <laughs> if I ever shared this with you, but when we were moving offices, they weren't allowing any pets and we were taking like a full floor. And we basically said, this is a deal breaker. If Cruiser can't- <laughs> Good for you. We, did, we said, and it was a deal breaker. Well, if Cruiser can't come, then we are not coming. And they're like, okay, you know, we'll figure out a way, a way around it. And, but not everybody is that lucky. You know, I use an office in my husband's right. office. He works for himself. And so as people start to go back to the office, and you're right, I mean, 11 million households got a new pet this last year, which is insane. And if I'm a leader and I'm trying to figure out how to go back to work and what are all the implications, you know, I might not even thought about pets as an issue. So where would a leader start to think about these implications and what can they do as part of the, 
either in the workplace or even making it easier for employees who have gotten pets? Are there new benefits in place for them? You know, what are you seeing? Yeah, well, we're seeing a lot of people having this conversation now. So to answer your question, where should everyone start? Just by talking to your people. So when you think about being a leader in a company and being part of the conversation of what's the hybrid uh, work, workforce going to look like? What's the hybrid working conditions going to look like? It, it can't be made in an office or can't be made with just an executive team. It has got to have your people's voice involved in the conversation. And we're hearing that from people like they are concerned. What are they going to do with their pets when they go back to the office? They want to have flexible uh, working arrangements, which do include having an option for their pets. So I think first and foremost, it's about talking to your people to see how important of an issue this is. And when you understand like what's important for your people, you then figure out ways to, to solve mm-hmm. that issue. And so we're seeing a lot of people now with pets that are talking to their veterinarian, asking, what do I need to do to prepare for when I go back to the office? But luckily at Banfield, we've been ahead of the curve on this one where we allow uh, dogs in the office. And there's nothing better than having work day when you walk out of a conference room and you're seeing a wagging tail. There's no such thing as having a bad day in the office when you have little puppies running around the office. So it's great. So what's wrong with helping all your morale by having dogs in the office? It'll only make the workplace that much better. I agree with you. And I think, you know, there's financial implications. You know, everybody got a dog and they were home. And now if you go back to work, you need... You might need a dog walker or doggy daycare, and and I do. I, I think a trend that I'm seeing, you know, around bringing your human to work and creating a more human workplace is, you know, not everything is created equal, and some people might have pets and not have kids, so they don't need that benefit. And really trying to approach this not as a one size, you know, fits all kind of solution. Yeah, for sure, it's never going to be a one size fits all solution, but. I think when you talk to your people, you're going to understand what's really important in their lives. I also think, you know, as leaders, I mean, so many leaders have pets. So whether you adopted a pet or you just formed an even stronger bond and relationship with your pet during the sheltering at home and staying in place, it's just, it's about really understanding that emotional connection that we have with pets and how can we truly make that bond even stronger and do what's right. And so I think there's going to be lots of different solutions. And I think there's going to be different solutions that don't involve pets to your point as well. It could just be working from home. What are some remote options? How do we think differently about team building and different types of events like that? Right. I could see, you know, maybe the the start time of the day is more flexible so you can do your own walk in the morning versus paying somebody and coming in later. And and, I mean, I I bet you, you know, I do a lot of work with ERGs, employee resource groups, you know, millennial Mm -hmm. groups or multi-generational groups of women. And I think, you know, pet owners, I could see that becoming a group where people come together and brainstorm and and figure out ways to to support each other. Absolutely. You're seeing those communities being connected right now on online and different apps. So it's already happening. It's just about being making sure that you're part of the conversation, understanding the role that pets are going to play in our lives and how do we make it how do we make it great for all of our people to do exactly what you said. Maybe that's starting the day a little or a little later, maybe that's ending the day um, a little earlier. But having all those tips and tricks to make sure that we we have that keep that bond strong is going to be important. Yeah, I think it's great. So I have learned so much from you as a leader. You know, I said in the intro that the Banfield business has boomed since you've been there since 2015. And as an outside person looking in, 
you know, you are someone that's really focused on culture and values. As cheesy as it sounds, I talk about it, you know, how you get the values off the walls and into the halls. And so I would love for my audience to to learn from you as well. And so the question that I want to ask is if you know, these are very turbulent times and we've had a heck of a year yes. plus. So if you were asked to contribute a chapter in a new book on leading during these turbulent times, you know, what do you think you've done really well that others could learn from? And the flip side is what what's keeping you up at night? Well, I'll start with what's keeping me up at night is we, we're not hearing all of our associates' voices. And I, I think that's one of the things that we tried to do very well during this time was just improve the communication and not just improve communicating out to our people, but improving the two-way dialogue with our people. So like when I think back to when the pandemic started, we had we instituted communication tree call, call, call trees that across our practice where we communicated all the information that we knew out to make sure every one of our associates heard it. And then we also said, okay, now what's on your mind? And so each hospital would literally talk to their field director and say, here's what I'm hearing from my associates in the hospital. And then the field director would take, you know, their 17 to 20 per market. They take all that and bring that together and they take that to their regional team. So we have over a thousand hospitals. So every single day we heard from what's on the mind, what's on the mind, what's happening in our thousand hospitals. And then that would come all the way back up to our office. And then once we heard the themes and the questions, we would provide those answers and, and, and communicate it back out the next day. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted to have that two-way dialogue. So I was really proud of our teams for having that dialogue because when you're going through something like this, we want to know what our people are experiencing, like what's on their minds, because we want to help solve the, the problems that they have. Right. And and sometimes it's problems that they're experiencing as a person working on the front lines in the hospital. So how do we keep our associates safe and working? Also, it could be, here's what our consumers or our customers or clients are saying or what they need to make sure that they can feel safe bringing their pets in. So I felt really good about that communication at the very beginning because culture is my top priority and has been my top priority. The strategic direction of the company is a second priority because strategy without empathy is a wasted idea. And so culture has been and always been my top priority. So I feel great about how we started to communicate. But what keeps me up at night is if if we don't keep that same rigor around listening at scale, that true two-way dialogue, then our our people, their, their voice isn't being heard. And more so now than ever, people want to be seen, they want to be heard, and they want to be uh, understood. And we have that opportunity to, to do that even better. Yeah. In the beginning of the pandemic, we were checking in sometimes for 60 minutes of a 60-minute meeting. And then five <laughs> months into it, we were checking in for 30 minutes of a 60-minute meeting. And we do need yes. to get work done, but I but the checking in you know, can't stop, you know, every day during this pandemic. I mean, I even think about it on a personal note. My son just last week had COVID. Like I, here we are almost at the end, like with people oh, getting wow. back to him, he's fine, thankfully. But if people had, if somebody hadn't wow. checked in with me, you know, in a while or that day, like that day is going to be very different for me than I was the day before. And so, you know, I agree. It's this balance of we need to get work done and we need to move our businesses forward. But how do we do that while we continue to make sure that that people's voices are heard? Now, I happen to have an idea um, on how to do that, which is a topic of my most recent book on on rituals. I mean, do you think rituals could be a tool 
in the leader's toolbox on how to keep those ideas fresh. And are there any rituals, you know, what kinds of rituals have you seen? You, know, you and I did a great talk with your organization about rituals, right. you know, either that you're doing, that the leadership's doing, that the individual hospitals are doing that really can help people continue to feel connected and heard. Absolutely. What 1000% rituals play an important role in this. And we had the theme of our national field leadership meeting. We bring all our hospitals together. So, so right before the pandemic actually happened, we brought all our leaders together. And the theme of our uh, session for the year, for 2020, was be empowered, be passionate, and be mm -hmm. here. And so we wanted our associates to be empowered, to truly own the, the hospital experience and own what they needed to do to take care of each other and take care of the pets and clients. The passion is about really connecting to our purpose, which is making a better world for pets. And being here is how Banfield shows up for society. Well, we were thankful that that was the theme because that really anchored us in 2020 once the pandemic really started to come in. And that was, again, back to the communication tree. So that became a ritual. They've modified because you don't need to do it every single day as, as consistent as you had because we have more answers now and we have our leaders because it was that true conversation and time of, if I don't have this in my day, I'm not hearing from you, but I'm not telling you what my people need as well. And so we still have these communication trees in place and, and it's a little more security than we did. But this type of communication has been an organizational ritual. When I think about, yes, when you joined us, it was so fantastic because your book was an inspiration to so many of our associates about how they can make rituals in their workspace for their team, whether it's the function that they lead or, again, in our field and, and for the hospitals. So it's been so important to, to have rituals play a role. And that, and that has allowed our leaders to truly be empowered to mm -hmm. say, when I can communicate with my people, I know what's going to work for all of us, and I'm empowered to do what's right for our people. We're going to unite our passion and we're going to be here for each other and society. And when I, when, the other thing I'll share about rituals that, I, that I've found incredibly important for myself is in my team is how do we cast that shadow as the senior leaders of Banfield that we're not saying one thing, but we're doing, we're, we're actually walking the talk. Mm -hmm. And so what we found out, I mean, study after study just talked about the mental health that we've all been experiencing, the, just the ups and downs. I mean, I thought I was great for a lot of the months and then winter came. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I was just like, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see some sunlight. I got to get out of here. It's just, it took a big toll on myself. And it was, how did I create those rituals, my personal rituals to make sure that I was distinguishing between when work would start and stop and when was I, you know, quote unquote, off the mm -hmm. clock. And music plays an important, very important role in my life. And I didn't have that commute any longer. And as a result, I, you know, I used to, used to think like when I left the office, I was pretty good about not going home and working. And I used that small, that short commute I had to going home. And then I would, you know, do whatever I needed to do, work out, listen to music, eat, whatever. But I didn't have that any longer. And I just realized that work was never stopping and I wasn't my best self. So I shared that story with my organization on, for me to be my best self, I need to have a cutoff time. And, and what that meant was creating a ritual. And that was for music for me. Wow. I, I, I mean, I love that. You've, leaders have got to lead. They've got to model this. I mean, every day in the last couple of weeks, it's, all, it's been all about wellness and mental health. And, you know, at Citigroup, they just announced May 28th, the whole company is going to be off. LinkedIn just gave everybody a week, a week off for this. But you can do that, and, but also not mean it. 
right? So you can, you on paper, Absolutely. you can have those days off. But if leaders aren't leading with, you know, a sense of vulnerability saying, you know what, I thought I was okay, but, you know, I really wasn't. And, you know, I needed this. That's what's going to help other people, I think anyway, feel safe for them to focus a little bit on their own wellness, you know, as well. It's less about the, the program and more about are people actually doing what they say they're, you know, they're trying to do. Absolutely. That's why I think it's so important for uh, our team to model that behavior and to walk that talk and talking to our field leaders. It was the same thing of making sure that you're doing this and, and also making sure that you take time off. I remember last summer, you know, people, you know, people weren't traveling. They couldn't go on vacation. I, I understand. I, and, and I remember having a conversation saying, no, you can go on vacation. You can take time off. Maybe you can't go where you want to go. I get that. But taking time off is, is just as important. Even if you're staying at home, I get it. You probably would rather you, you, you keep telling your story that, well, I'll just work if I'm going to be at home. But there's something powerful to shutting down the laptop, not looking at the phone, not taking those work calls, and just recharging. And I asked all of our leaders to just take some time off, take your time, model the behavior that it's okay to take time off. Mm -hmm. Because we're very lucky to be in a business where there's a lot of demand. And our business was was great before the pandemic. It's great during and after. I guess we're not after yet, but it's great during and now because that humanable bond is so strong. But we can't be our best selves right, if, you're burned if, out. if we don't take care of ourselves. Exactly. And our hospitals and all of our associates need our leaders to be present and to be fully available. And you're not going to be if you're just if you're burnt out. And, and so it's about how do we take that visible action to say, my health and well-being is important and I'm taking some time for myself. Yeah. So before I ask, there's one question that I that I ask always on my podcast, which you might know what it is. But before I get to that... You know, I, I have been reading up on on what's going on with the pets and how many people got pets during the pandemic, as you said, and, you know, this worry that people, you know, that the rise in pet adoptions may lead to people having to, to surrender pets. So you gave some strategies on hopefully hope what leaders can do so that won't happen, but are there any yes. resources or support that you can share with listeners if they're really feeling like that's something that they may have to do and dealing with a lot of stress around it? Like where can they turn? Where they should turn is to their veterinarian. Talking with your veterinarian about tips and tricks of what you can do when you go to the office to make sure that's an easier adjustment for your pet and for yourself is incredibly important. So partnering with a professional is so, so, so important. Yes, you you talked about potential pet abandonment. I'm an optimist. I don't know that I've uh, maybe I should say I hope that's not the case because we've seen how that how strong the pet relationship has been, and yes, we've had 11 million additional uh, households welcome a new pet during the pandemic. But the biggest drive in pet ownership is through Gen Z and millennials, yeah. and and we have seen how important the pet is in, a, in Gen Z and millennial. And so that's not been a, a group that historically is like, well, we're trying it and now it, it doesn't work out. It's a true connection to the pet and that human-animal bond. So I'm very optimistic that it's not about surrendering a pet. It's going to be more about how do I transition in a way. And so 
Again, partnering with your veterinarian is going to be the most important thing that you can do. And and some of those tips and tricks are exactly what you see, you brought up earlier as well. It's like, can you start later so you can get the walk in the morning? Can you maybe come home a little earlier and, and figure out how to use a hybrid working environment? But also don't avoid like emotional departures, kind of ease into it. So whether that's playing fetch for a little bit or, you know, playing with a, with a cat toy like an Ashton and Kenji, I'll get the, I'll get their laser pointer out and have to wear them out a little bit before they, before they head, before I would head out. But there's some small things like that we can do that makes the transition mm-hmm. easier just so it's not so abrupt. And I think it's important to do that. Now. Yeah. Well, it is amazing. I mean, here I am, this workplace strategist, you know, thinking about the hybrid revolution <laughs> And I have to be honest, I mean, I have a pet and I love the pet, love Cruiser, but I don't know if I would have, before I met you, had would I have really thought about this from the perspective of leadership and benefits and, you know, pets' as ability to retain talent. And, you know, look, there are many things that we didn't, couldn't have predicted as it relates to this pandemic. But I think these listeners, I mean, will learn so much to say, you know what? I hadn't really thought about that. You know, we're all home all day. My kids are not in school. Like my right. dog has never been happier. Um, so <laughs> exactly. It's, well, and see, like to that point where you, where you just said, your dog, so Cruiser's never been happier. And think about from what that he, from what he tells us. He tells us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, at least we believe that too, right? But I, I even just think about like the time I spent with my cats, Ashton and Kenji. I mean, they just bring me tremendous joy. And, and the antics that they do, I mean, these, my cats are out of control. <laughs> like they're out of control. They're so funny. But they, like the joy that they've brought me, I'm, you know, I personally, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen when I have to go back to the office? So I, I, I lean on my team all the time and all our veterinary professionals here on give me the tips, give me the tricks and what I can do. One thing, one other thing I'll mention is making sure that we think about the eating uh, schedule is important as well, because typically if you went to the office, whenever you would leave, we, you know, we're creatures of, of habits as well. So like we get up, we do the same routine and we would feed our, our dogs in the morning or maybe we feed at night. Well, now that we're not in the office, we may have changed their eating habits mm-hmm. and, their, and their patterns as well. So it's just being thoughtful around. And I, would, I guess I'd say using empathy to understand what is our pet's experience and how do we make sure that we're considerate for that change yeah, as well. Creating some new pet rituals. That's right. All right. So my, my question that everybody gets is, you know, what do you do in your life that makes you feel most like you? Gosh, it's such a good question because there's so many things that I, I try to, I think, make me feel like who I am. That really drives my identity. And when I'm not at work, it's all about music. It's about reading and learning and I, I'm more so curiosity. And I'm a huge NBA junkie. I love, I don't really watch much television, but I'll always have the NBA, an NBA game on. So oftentimes the NBA and NBA game will be on, it'll be on mute and I'll have music playing in the background, but just watching basketball is always fun for me. But music is really my identity and, and just curiosity. So reading, I love it. Awesome. Well, next time you come to New York, we'll bring you to a Knicks game. They're actually pretty good this year. So we're having a yeah, great year, a right? decent season. My son and I watch, <laughs> we watch every game. All right. So a couple of speed questions and then we'll get to the end. So you mentioned all the stuff about reading. My, my first question was, what are you reading? Oh, I'm reading Adam Grant's new book. Oh, Think um, Again? Think Again. Yes. Thank you. Great. Yes. It's a fantastic book. Yes. Okay. All right. So it's actually, on my, I have it right here. I've got to start it. Yeah. Um, what a, it's so powerful. Such a great book. Great. So other than the NBA, so you're not a, not a big Netflix Hulu guy? 
No, I'm, I'm really not. Now, I, I will watch. I have both, and I will watch some, I guess, some series, if you will. I guess that's what it's yeah. called. That shows you my, my, my level. Right, but you're watching the NBA. Here. We love it. We love it. <laughs> I'm watching the NBA. But I have been watching the F1 series on Netflix, which is really oh. cool. Oh, for those, yeah, this is an audio, but we have a video on right now, and I'm looking at Brian, and his cat just walked in front of his face. Which cat <laughs> is this? This one's Kenji. Kenji. Okay. Well, that brings me yes. to question number three. Do either of your cats have any pet tricks? Oh, yes. They have lots of tricks. And if you go to my Instagram, you'll see almost all of them. They are out of control. So, it, you know, it's interesting. I, I, my two cats, Ashley and Kenji, they're brothers, same litter. And their personalities just couldn't be any different. It's just so funny. So Kenji, who just walked across the screen, he likes to get out. He has to get out. So he's the one that there's a video on my Instagram of where he opened the door when I was actually given a presentation. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting at the same spot and I hear this bing. And I'm like, oh gosh, this bing means a, a door or window is open. And I'm by myself. So there's, <laughs> I don't, that's not good. And I knew exactly what happened because I opened my front door because I had a package that was delivered like 30 minutes prior. And, and Kenji has a fascination with opening doors. And he initially would open the door and push the door out. But now he's figured out how to open the door by pulling it inward. It's, that's a pretty good trick, I would say. Wow. So I have a Nest camera, by the way. And so I literally am presenting. I take my headphones off. I run outside and I get my cat's. And I have to bring them back in, but you can see me do like a quick little loop around my front door uh, to get my cats back inside. Nice. <laughs> so, so that's Kenji's trick. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go on to your Instagram for the rest of the, uh, oh the pet tricks. And the final question is, if you were to pick one word to describe, you know, how you are feeling about, you know, the future of work and leading in the hybrid revolution, you know, what would that one word be? Excited. Great. Absolutely excited. And why? Because we, we're in a new day and age in which we can change. We, can, we, we don't have to go back to the standardized approach that we all experience. Erica, I have not met a person yet who has said, I miss all the work travel that I did. I miss you know, flying across the country or flying somewhere for a half day right. meeting and then just to fly home. I have not met anyone who's missed 100% of their travel. So, so many people have set, made commitments on, I want to do 50% or less or 25 or, you know, I, it's that acknowledgement. So I'm excited that, you know, I, I would rather not be here in a, in a pandemic, just to be clear, but we are here and we have a choice. We have a choice to, to, you know, look at it and be optimistic about what the future can hold, or we can be pessimistic about what was taken away from us. And for the first time in, in my working career, this is the least amount I've traveled. So I've taken the opportunity to embrace that I'll never have this time again. And how can I create the right rituals that have made me a better person and better leader? And understanding that the future of work is going to look differently. So I'm excited to have this opportunity to engage with all of our associates across Banfield mm -hmm. on understanding what is it that you need, what is it that we can do differently, and how can we make those changes so we could really put culture at the, at, the, at the forefront to make sure that we truly are an employer of choice where people not only start, but they stay and grow their careers here. And I think every leader has that same opportunity. Great. Well, I agree. I am excited as well, and I'm also excited for everybody to hear this episode of Left to Our Own Devices. So, Brian, as always, thank you 
for being here, and I look forward to seeing you in person in New York with Cruiser at the Knicks game the next time. Yes, I cannot wait. Well, yes, I cannot wait for that. So looking forward to, this, to catching up with you again in New York. And we're, we're soon. We're getting close here. I, I know, think. me too. So it feels really good. So yes, I can't wait to, can't wait to see you in Cruiser. All right. Well, take care and thank you again. Thank you for tuning in this week to Left to Our Own Devices. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you want to receive my monthly newsletter, text the word HUMAN to 66866. Or you can connect with me by email at erica at spaghettiproject.com. Stay safe, stay connected, and I'll see you next time.